Well, guys, I want to thank you for tuning in into the Youth and Culture podcast and making this podcast a part of your day today. I am your host, Ryan Sebastian, and I am joined with my co-host, David Pinkham. Happy Friday once again, good sir. It is good to be here with you. Oh, yes. And you know, you know I am excited about today, you know, because it's Friday. Mm. T- even though in reality, it's not Friday. <laughs> Y'all actually, are listening to this on a Friday, but today's a Tuesday. <laughs> yes, yeah, so te- technically it's not a Friday, but I am looking forward to Fridays. Fridays are always good days for me. Yeah, man. I'm going to be part of a wedding next weekend, so Friday is going to be the rehearsal dinner, and we're going to a shuhaskaria for dinner. So uh, I, I'm excited. I, I, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Those of you who are listening maybe upset when I say this. I'm not a fan of going to weddings. That's more my wife's thing. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I enjoyed my wedding, but everybody else's wedding, eh, unless it's family members, I don't. I'll go if I'm invited, support people, but I naturally don't like weddings. I, I don't blame you. I mean, I like them just because marriage is my favorite activity. My wedding was definitely my favorite wedding I've ever been to, you know, because... I was in it. Um, <laughs> I don't remember most of what happened. Um, and I remember being hungry all day, but uh, it was a lot of fun and, and it was a good time. But uh, I, I'm looking forward to Friday too. I, I, even though we're part of this podcast, I actually do look forward to when the episodes come out and I'm like texting my wife and my mom and my buddies. I'm like, hey, the new episode's here. Let's Let's listen to it and have some fun. So, and hopefully we're providing some good content for you guys, which is one of the reasons I'm excited about this, this Friday's episode, because it's part two of three of how to ruin your youth ministry. (laughs) Pretty much. And and, and this week's topic, uh, I think it's like, just like last, um, uh, our first episode in the series kind of was a duh. Yeah. I think this kind of is a duh in ministry as well, but I just don't think a lot of us understand this totally. Yeah. So before we tell you what it is, I'm going to give you a second. We're going to pause. And if you're listening to this with anybody, you have to say out loud what you think part two is going to be about. So I'm going to wait for a second. Okay. So if your guess was uh, the second way to ruin your youth ministry after not praying, it is to ignore your Bible completely. Just don't even bother opening it up. Don't look at it. Don't use it. And uh, that's a pretty surefire way you're going to ruin your youth ministry. Wouldn't you say, Ryan? All right. No, absolutely. <laughs> I can't. And again, it's kind of, it's kind of ties in what we kind of talked about last, uh, last episode and comes to prayer, but there, I can't tell you how many youth pastors I've talked to or youth leaders who are struggling with ministry, struggling with something that's going on in their church and their ministries. And I, and I ask a simple question is, of course, I start is, how's your time with God? How's your prayer life? 
and the kind of nuance into because it's part of it is are you spending time in god's word yeah really spending time with god wholeheartedly and part of that's in god's word i can't tell you how many times that i hear uh well no yeah because what we're talking about uh and, and there's a there's a bunch of different ways to look at this but when we talk about time in god's word or quiet time or devotions it your devotional time okay this is what we're talking about because i've talked to guys i've even had these moments in my ministry years that um if i were to ask you guys listening do you spend time in god's word i'm I'm pretty sure everybody listening to this if you're a youth ministry you'd say yes but if i pared it down and said do you spend time in god's word more than just lesson prep would the answer still be yes (laughs) Because I have found there have been seasons of time where, uh, for whatever reason, most of, if not all of the time I have spent in the Word of God has been for the sake of someone else. It's been for the sake of teaching a lesson. It's been for the sake of preaching. Uh, it's been for the sake of answering a question someone has asked me. But it, but there's been seasons where it's not been just for me and God to spend some time together quietly without all the distractions of the world so that my relationship with the Lord can grow and my maturity as a Christian can grow. And when we specify that particular area, I think more often we'll get people responding saying, yeah, I don't do that as much. But, but again, I mean, that, that's just one aspect of it because I know that uh, as we seek to you know, help teenagers mature, not just as men and women, but as spiritual beings and in the relationship with the Lord. Uh, one of the things that we're to do is to be an example for them. And so if we're asking them to spend time in God's word, we need to be spending time in God's word. Uh, last time when we talked about prayer, if we're asking them to pray. We need to be spending time in prayer, but but it's more than just your your devotional quiet time. But I can tell you, if you don't spend time in God's word on a regular basis for yourself, then yeah, uh, you're going to start seeing the effects of that in ministry, especially if you're in a context like mine. Now, Ryan, you're pretty familiar with this because uh, we both kind of came out of the same church as youth leaders in our college years. And uh, this church uh, was a word of life church. I don't know for those of you who are listening, if you know what Word of Life is, it's a fantastic organization that par- partners with uh, churches. Um, but we had, uh, there was curriculum, there was discipleship, there was events, there was a camp. They have a camp up in New York and down in Florida. And uh, they have a quiet time book then, and that students could use. And uh, one of the cool things is that everybody's on the same page, same passage of scripture every single day. And so one of the things that we were encouraged to do as youth leaders is spend time in God's word every day so that we can then turn and look at our students in our small group and encourage them to spend time in God's word every day. And we kept a record of it. And so that was a fantastic way for us to just be an example to them. Uh, but, but there's more to this than just quiet time, right? Like, there's a lot of other aspects of it. So uh, there's a couple other things I wanted to share with you today, Ryan, and hopefully this will help those uh, uh, guys and girls out there that are doing youth ministry. But uh, there's other aspects of the Bible and our relationship with God's word that if we were to ignore it, it would have a negative, potentially detrimental, life-killing effect in our youth ministries. Uh, And really the first one, 
um, after spending time in it alone for yourself, it is just not teaching it faithfully mm-hmm. uh, in, in an expository way. Now, that might be a, a million-dollar word for some of us, but uh, the, the delineation I'm making here is um, someone who teaches uh, the Word of God verse by verse, chunk by chunk, chapter by chapter, versus just uh, cherry-picking verses for a particular topic. Now, is there anything wrong with topical? Not necessarily. I've done topical stuff. Um, we're doing a series in the next four weeks where it's more topical than uh, expository but or expositional. But I think one of the encouragements that I want to give today as we talk about this is we as youth pastors specifically are encouraged and in scripture, even senior pastors, are, it's more of a command to preach the whole counsel of the word of God, not just the verses we like. Um, and I, I'm curious, Ryan, I know we haven't really talked about this whole lot in the last uh, couple of years, but it, do you find yourself teaching more on a expositional side of things or do you find more topical stuff? Um, for me personally, uh, for those of you who've been listening to podcasts for since the beginning, know mm-hmm. that one thing I use in personally my ministry is grow curriculum. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just find it to me, it's one of my favorite uh, curriculums that works the best uh, for my ministry, for my teens. Um, also, from just just the different things that comes with this curriculum that helps me administratively and all everything with that parents. So I use Grow Curriculum. Now with Grow, um, it is a little bit leaning more towards the topical uh, end of the spectrum, but there is expository uh, in there as well. Um, So I go back and forth. Um, I think it's really, really both are important at times, Mm -hmm. Uh, but I do have to say when it comes to topical, even if you're using a curriculum, um, you have to make sure that what the passages that are being used is being used in the proper context. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the reason why I say that the one of the one of the uh, problems with leaning towards topical all the time is sometimes you can you're, you you may be thinking, okay, I, w- I want to teach on this topic, maybe depression, and what we have a tendency of doing, not all, but some. Go to go to Google, type in mm. scripture that scripture that talks about depression. Yep. And, and and so we we pull all these verses and try to make it fit with the points we're trying to say instead of actually okay, what's the context of that verse or a set of verses in the passages in who's the audience is speaking to all these different things. Um, so it's very easy to fall in that camp when it comes to using topical. Uh, one thing that I do have to say for Grow, and I'm going to brag on them just for a minute, is that they do use a lot of topical type of series and messages, but it's done extensively well. Um, the verses they use is using the proper context. The passages are used are using the proper context. Um, so my hats are off for for what they're doing, but not all curriculums are the same. So you have to be very, yeah. uh, make sure you do your research. If you're using a curriculum that leans more towards topical, make sure you do your research. Uh, there has been uh, things I've used in the past, and I'm not going to mention where I've got it from. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but I've used things in the past where I get ready to prepare for it because it's a curriculum. And then I get to the lesson. I'm like, nah, that passage is not talking about this. That's not the context. <laughs> so I literally sometimes I have to rewrite the entire lesson yeah. uh, because that passage was used incorrectly. I saw, I saw, so where, where, where I personally fit um, is yes, in my opinion, expository is the best way to go. Uh, if you can, the best way when it comes to staying in context. And to be honest with you, it's it's not as it's not as hard as doing topical. And, and because again, the, when you do a topical, you have to make sure everything you use is in, in the proper context. Yeah, and and that's one of the things like. Uh, in my my youth group, one of the things I try to encourage the students with, if they're trying to understand a particular verse, is I tell them that, um, you know, interpreting and, and understanding scripture, the, the first three rules of understanding scripture is the same first three rules of real estate. You know, the first three rules of real estate, location, location, location. Mm -hmm. And the first three rules of scripture is context, context, context. Yeah. And I can't tell you how many times I've, I've pulled up a curriculum and yeah, it's got some good stuff in there, but there's a section where there's a, it, it's got the idea, some stuff to talk about. And then here's your little proof text. And I look at that, I pull it up and I think, you know, that's a nice verse, but they should have started two verses before this and kept going for three more verses after this to get the whole idea of what the author was trying to say. I mean, let's be honest, especially if it's something Paul wrote, mm -hmm. one verse for Paul is like only a fourth of the sentence. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. Uh, he likes to just keep going. <laughs> yeah, and, and some, some of his, if you look at scripture, it's almost a, one sentence can be like five or six different Verses. Mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I absolutely agree with that. And and when you talk about context, context, um, it's so easy uh, for us as youth pastors to not lean in to inductive Bible study. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I know that that's a can't seem like a bad word for some people who are listening to this because. And uh, but one thing when I was in was in college, one of my freshmen in college, when I took inductive Bible study is he would tell us up front, say, hey, if you don't like this, if you don't like diving deep into God's word and, 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 and breaking it apart, you're not called for ministry. Woof. And I remember hearing that. I was like, man, that's, that's, that's a little harsh. That, yeah, that's a, that's a little harsh. harsh. But in retrospect, I believe he's, I really do believe he's correct. If you don't have a passion to break down God's word, you're never going to teach it properly. Yeah, I mean, like, well, look at ministry, just Christian church ministry, volunteer, pastor, whatever. You take the Bible off the shelf, what are you doing? <laughs> like, what else is there to do? Okay, yeah, let's build a fun relationship, eat some pizza, play some games, and and see how many marshmallows we can stuff from our mouth and say chubby bunny without choking to death. Okay. Like that's fun, but what are we teaching them? And, and, and we've had many conversations about this. In fact, I, I've had a few uh, additional conversations with some other guys recently, but uh, you and I grew up in uh, late nineties, early two thousands youth ministry. And that was during, it was coming off the back end of the era of big fun. Like that's what youth ministry was all about was big fun. Our fun's got to be bigger and better than the world's fun. 
And, and with the advent of smartphones, um, I think the world kind of surged ahead with that <laughs> a little bit. And, and, the church, and it feels like the church is catching up. But uh, as we've transitioned, and, and really, just to be honest, uh, trying to, uh, in some ways, like legitimize the existence of youth ministry within the church's context and, and help people realize we're more than just glorified babysitters, but we're actually trying to, to do something and invest in their there's teens lives uh, for eternity is we've had to rail against this big fun mentality and, and push them more towards an invitation to become a part of something that's bigger than them and will last forever into eternity. And the, the best thing we can use to do this is to offer them the truth of God's word, because that is the only thing we have that is guaranteed 100% to be true which is why if you don't use it, it's going to ruin your ministry because what else are you going to be teaching them? I mean, you can't survive off of a TED talk every week for 30 minutes. <laughs> I mean, temp, some TED talks are fun, but they don't provide eternal substance. And, and, and scripture provides eternal substance. That's why we hound them constantly about yeah. spending time in God's word. That's why we teach it expositorily because they've got to hear all of it. Um, that's, that's even, that's why you do some topical stuff because look, something may have come up and you know, scripture exists that talks about that specific topic. Um, uh, this last Sunday night, our lesson was on scripture memory. And that's another one. You want to ruin your ministry? Don't memorize scripture and don't encourage your people to memorize scripture either. Because, uh, if they have no weapons with which to carry them into battle, then they're just going to lose. I mean, if you look at the, at the armor that is given to the Christian in Ephesians 6, what's the one weapon they have? It's scripture, the sword of truth. That's the only thing on there that's offensive. Everything else is protective. The helmet's protective, the chest plate's protective, the shield's protective, the shoes protect the feet, but the weapon is the word of God. We see Jesus internalize scripture and he literally fights Satan off in the wilderness utilizing scripture. We see the fall of mankind where either Adam didn't communicate it clearly or Eve didn't remember it properly, but uh, Satan slithered in and started lying and they misunderstood and misapplied scripture and it ended with the fall of mankind. Uh, Saul loses the kingdom to David because he didn't follow the word of God. Uh, the Israelites, you go through the book of Judges, and there's like, what, 13 cycles where mm -hmm. they forsake the, the Lord and his word. When Joshua takes over the whole uh, leadership of Israel, God says, don't let the word of this law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night. Why? So that you can have good success. Not just regular success, good success. You can have success in this world. Look, you can have the biggest, most fun, awesome youth ministry in your area. And everyone wants to be there and be a part of it because there's cool music, there's fun games, there's awesome prizes, there's giveaways, there's inflatables, there's pizza every week, whatever you want to do. That's all well and good. That's providing a momentary, temporary need. But if you're not providing for them food for eternity, if you're not offering the bread of life to people, I mean, Jesus is literally the word of God incarnate, and he's the one that everything is about. So if we don't spend time in his word, and we don't teach his word, if we don't memorize his word, then what are we doing, guys? 
Because at the end of the day, we have to use the Bible as our guide for how we do ministry. So if you want to ruin your youth ministry, eh, just do what you want. <laughs> now, now, and I, I'm glad you said now, now so those some of you who are maybe listening uh, and heard heard David talk about memorizing scripture and maybe think, uh, are we what so are we going back to Awana? Uh, so some of y'all may be hearing that, maybe thinking that, or children's church, but I, it's, I agree it because when he talks about meditating on God's word, it's and meditating day and night, a scripture tells us, uh, tells us to do. It's not something you just read, like you read a book. It's something you dwell on, you think through, you process. And what we call, well, I, um, I call it more learning God's word um, than memorizing. Because uh, when a lot of people, when they think of memorizing, they think of like learn it for a little bit, then dump it. Kind of like mm. when we, we memorize stuff for a test and to make a good grade on the test and then information. And all of a sudden, after the test is gone, the memorization, the, everything we memorize is gone. So when I, when I think of memorizing, I think of more of learning and spending time learning God's word, dwelling in it. Um, it's like, I can't tell you how many times uh, when I'm in a situation and a difficult situation and scripture comes to my mind. Hmm. That's helping me to get through it. Uh, I'm talking to somebody sharing my faith and scripture comes to mind. I'm quoting scripture, uh, th stuff that I've learned before. Uh, it's because I spent time really learning, striving to learn God's word. I'm not perfect. And I, there, and I just, I guess maybe for me personally is I had a good example of that in my own life with my, with my father, with my dad. He, at, when he was in his early twenties, he memorized the entire book of John, Gospel Whoa. John. It can quote it word for word, entire Gospel John. And even wow. growing, growing up, uh, he would, he had sheets of paper. This is back before iPads and all this other stuff. He had uh, probably like. I don't know, maybe 30 pieces of paper stapled together of just verses he wants to, wants to memorize, wants to learn, and passages he wants to learn. So he would sit there and when he's maybe waiting for Starbucks or waiting in line at the DMV, he would take that paper out and start studying. And that's just how my, my dad was and really instilled in me the quality of not just reading scripture, but dwelling in it and learning it and then mm -hmm. applying it into your own life. When I talk to my students about meditating on scripture, the analogy I use is, because you're not sitting there with your legs crossed and your hands making that weird symbol going home. <laughs> right? That's not meditating. That's um, They do that in the movies. Uh, meditating, it's you're mentally chewing on it. So when you spend time in, in the word, maybe in the morning or whenever you do it, you, you mentally chew on what you read for the rest of the day. If you're working on memorizing something, mentally chew on it. Look, Read the verses before and after and chew on what that means and how that's going to look in your life. And, and even like this last Sunday when we talked about it, you know, find stuff that's actually like appropriate to what you're dealing with in your life. I, as an example... I struggle with anger. Okay. I've struggled with anger since I was a teenager. Cause you know, this in nature. Uh, so I've got a section of verses I'm working on right now that all have to do with anger. Why not? It's appropriate. Something I struggle with might as well get some help where I need it. It's a weak point. 
at memorization is a weak point too, actually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but it, you know, it's something that's going to take time, but I can tell you, um, and this is something my father-in-law used to tell people all the time. Cause he actually used to work uh, with word of life until he retired. But, but he said, if you take some of these spiritual disciplines, and this is one that, you know, it's a spiritual discipline, spending time in God's word, memorizing it, prayer, you know, like we talked about last time. But if you do these things, then, then there's a good chance you're going to grow. But if you don't do them, guaranteed you're not going to grow. And, and you put that into the context of youth ministry. If, if you're youth and your youth leaders and yourself, if you are engaging in prayer, like we talked about last time, if you're engaging the word of God, like we're going to, we're talking about now, if you engage in no spoilers, I'm not going to tell you what we're talking about next time, but if you engage in these spiritual disciplines then there's a good chance that your ministry will grow spiritually, numerically, whatever. But if you don't, the ministry is going to die. The kids are going to disappear. The families are going to disappear. Your job might disappear. (laughs) Yep. Um, you know, there's, there's going to be consequences and, and I can't tell you like, Ryan, one of the things that I'm, I'm not there right now. I'm just going to be straight up with you guys. I'm not there right now, but there was a time when I was in college where I was so consistent for such a long period of time, for daily time in God's word that when I missed a day, I felt like I'd missed a meal. Have you guys ever forgotten to eat? I know I haven't hurt (laughs) when you forget a meal or you just skip it because you got don't have time or whatever it's your stomach starts to hurt and if you're a fat guy like I am it starts to hurt a lot (laughs) you start to feel lightheaded and you're you're hangry you're not just hungry you're hangry and I can tell you if I've been ignoring the bible if I've been ignoring time with god if I've been ignoring the verse I'm trying to memorize in my back pocket right now, I get spiritually hangry. It, I can see the effects in my own life. I can see the effects in my household. I can see the effects in my youth ministry. I mean, your kids, again, we've talked about this before. Teenagers are the biggest fake detectors out there. They can see phony a mile away. All right. That's why they're so good at among us. Okay. Um, they can tell when something's off. You can't hide it. They may not say something or they may not say something right away, but, but they'll be able to tell. And, and that's why this episode is so important because we cannot stress enough that the Bible has to be at the center of what you're teaching. It has to be at the center of what you're focusing your own time on. It has to be at the center of what you are filling your brain with because we're all memorizing something. Mm-hmm. right? And it has to be the center of what you're using to guide your youth ministry. Like you have to use scripture to cast vision. You have to use scripture to program. You have to use scripture when it comes to the things that you're going to talk about and disciple your students in. You have to use scripture because that's what we've been given. That's what we've been told to use. And that's what we've been told to dwell in. Uh, And if we don't do that, well, then that's how you ruin your youth ministry. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I kind of want to take a, take a, uh, just a step back uh, a little bit at the beginning, just real quick and real brief um, when it comes to not teaching. 
uh, God's word and doing it effectively. The reason why I want to go back to that, because some people may be, again, listening, thinking, uh, duh, you're a youth pastor, you're a pastor. Isn't scripture supposed to be a part of your teaching? And, and yes, but the reason I, uh, I think Dave, and the, I think uh reason why you wanted to hit on this and I agree with is there are so many ministries that are more wrapped in trying to get a butt in a seat. And because of that, trying to get butt in a seat, it becomes what I would like to phrase a pizza party youth group mm-hmm. to where it's all about fun. And, the, and then that translates almost in the teaching. I can't tell you how many churches that I have, that I have been to with a senior or lead pastor has been like this as well, to where there's hardly any scripture spoken at all and it's all about like a one point three couple point message and we just put a verse here and that's all it is and there's no actually talking about god's word and talking about uh using scripture to tell us what god expects of us and how to apply that to our life there's some of that even missing and a lot of teaching because we're trying we, we strive to be relevant have be fun and be relevant at the cost of actually teaching God's word. Because you can't learn, because our, our goals are one of our goals as believers in Christ is to be like Christ. It's discipleship, which is a better word, it's apprenticeship, to mm-hmm. be like Him, okay, to model Christ in your own life. And how do you do that? You have to read and study God's word. How do you want your students to be like that? You model that, you teach God's word. You encourage small group leaders to re- teach God's word and pour into your life, have discussions, dive deeper uh, into God's word. And, and how do we apply that to our own life? Do what does remember, God expect of us? Do you remember what the pastor at the church we both served at used to say anytime someone ever had a conflict or needed to make a decision about what the church was going to do about something? You know what? I, I, I remember something. I just forget what it is. Every time someone asked him a question where there was some kind of a decision that needed to be made for the church or a conflict, pretty much anything, his, the reputation he had was the first thing out of his mouth. What does scripture say about it? That was, that was the first thing that the priority was, what does scripture say about this? Is there a principle we can pull? Is there a direct written down in black and white section? What does scripture say? Because that's the filter. If scripture says don't do it, you don't do it. If scripture says do it, you do it. <laughs> yeah. And I, 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 I'll go and again, this is kind of, this is going off topics. I don't want to get on this topic very long at all. But uh, when you look at our culture today, uh, we are talking about where you have more and more pastors and ministry leaders uh, doing things like, like uh, saying that homosexuality is accepted by God. Um, that, and then you have saying abortion is accepted by God. And then you, it just, it's, you see more and more ministry leaders taking scripture and I'm discarding it, putting it off the side. It. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, it's right there. 
So do you read your Bible? <laughs> it's right there. Not saying again, again, I'm going to briefly talk about homosexuality and those people who believe in abortion, those two camps, you still be kind, compassionate, grace-filled, but at the same time, un- speaking openly and boldly that this is against God's word. Yeah, I mean, the Bible says it. Speak yeah, the truth in but, love. But we, we're compromising our culture. We're compromising all this and removing on the sake of the sake of relevance. And then again, that, and if we do this as youth leaders and go back to youth leaders, if we start compromising, removing scripture, compromising, removing it, not teaching it, uh, which is already happening in a, in a lot of ways. And the reason why I say that um, is that when you look at research, we're losing generation Z. Uh, there's less it's just completely losing. They're not coming to church. The most unchurched group in U.S. history, uh, and they're part of the nuns. They believe in nothing, mm-hmm. and uh, it's just, in some ways, currently right now, the church, youth, and youth ministry, particularly around this country, is failing this group. Uh, but there's a lot of opportunities to also reach them than never before because they're more open than never before. In any other uh, any other generation, which is yeah. awesome, and and let me encourage this too for those listening, they can handle it. They can handle it. Like I've heard guys say that they don't hit some of the hard stuff because oh they're too young, their brains haven't developed, they're too immature. Look, if they can handle AP calculus, if they can handle being dual enrolled in a community college, if if they can handle COVID, <laughs> they yeah. can handle having the hard conversations. In fact, a lot of them want to hear what the Bible says so that when they get lambasted at school over a particular worldview that they hold that's contradictory to every single one of their friends, they have something that they can fall back on knowing that this is not coming from me. This is not my opinion. This is actually coming from the mouth of God, the creator, the one who loves you even though you hate him kind of thing. So uh, that, that's something I would, I would, I mean, we obviously like, I know we're kind of saying this in the, in the negative, but we don't want you guys to ruin your youth ministries. <laughs> All right. We want to succeed. So we do want you to spend time in prayer and have your youth group spend time in prayer. We do want you to spend time in the word and have your youth group spend time in the word and to teach it faithfully, accurately in context, using it as a guide, hiding it in your heart. And, and, and these are the things that, uh, that we can do to have a successful ministry. And look, that success may not look like butts in seats. Yep. It might not. It, it may just look like a small group of spiritually thriving young adults who are actually discipling their friends outside the four walls of your building. Um, that's a win. I mean, if you want to look at a lot of the what people call success today, then the ministry Jesus had on earth while he was here was a colossal failure because he only had 12 guys. One stabbed him in the back and killed himself, and then the other 11 kind of scattered for a little bit, you know, and, and, and eventually it started gaining momentum, and they eventually became known as the group that turned the world upside down. But in the immediate, it seemed as though it was a failure. But if we stay faithful to what we've been called to do as shepherds, I mean, our job is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, and the work of the ministry is detailed, very detailed, within Scripture itself. So that's our encouragement for you guys today is please don't ignore your Bible. 
<laughs> don't ignore it with your teens. Don't ignore it in your own life. Don't ignore it with your family. Make that a huge part of your day. Make it a part of your life so much so that if you miss it, it feels like you missed a meal and your spiritual stomach starts getting hangry <laughs> so that it'll drive you back to it. All right. So that, that's our encouragement today. So we want to thank you guys so much uh, for listening. Uh, thank you for being a part of our youth and culture family. And uh, if you have been a longtime listener, thank you so much for your faithfulness and your support. If you have not yet, please leave a comment and a star review. Uh, we would greatly appreciate that because that allows us to continue to bring uh, as much good content for youth ministry as we can and keep that visible for those who are looking for it within whatever podcast platform they're looking for. Uh, I'm super excited about part three and uh, what we're going to be talking about then. Um, so please feel free to stick around. Well, guys, stay tuned for our next episode.